In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Scandal is great entertainment. That's what Jonathan Haidt says. He's a moral psychologist and the author of a book entitled The Happiness Hypothesis. Scandal is great entertainment because it allows people to feel contempt. Contempt is a reaction. It's our reaction when we sense that someone thinks they're better than us. And it's a reaction that looks for failure. It looks for hypocrisy. It looks for the opportunity to say, wait a minute, you're no better than I am. What gives you the right? And as Jonathan Haidt points out, contempt is a social vice. It's made to share. We love that feeling when, together, we can witness someone sink beneath us. It's the stuff of gossip and rumors and self-justification. And it explains perfectly what happened when Jesus returned to Nazareth. When Jesus came to his hometown, the people who knew him best were full of contempt. In fact, when the Gospel says in verse 3 that they took offense at him, the Greek literally says that there was a scandal. Where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? He thinks he's better than us? He's no different from us at all. And he certainly doesn't have the right to talk about God or the kingdom, much less repentance, or to teach in our synagogue. And all of a sudden, the people of Nazareth had found themselves a common enemy, someone to hold in contempt. The people of Nazareth had a scandal on their hands. Now, if it was you or I in Jesus' position, our next move would almost certainly have been to respond in kind. When we discover that we are the object of contempt, our first instinct is to react with more contempt. Whether we articulate it out loud or treasure it silently deep in our hearts, we would respond to this kind of judgment with defensiveness, with self-justification, with arguments, with proofs of our superiority. It rolls off the tongue so easily. You've probably said it before. Just who do they think they are? But notice what happens in the text. Jesus doesn't react. He doesn't raise his defenses. He doesn't spout justifications. He doesn't argue. He simply says that it had to be so. For a prophet only ever finds contempt in his hometown. And Jesus marvels at their unbelief, and then he carries on. Jesus doesn't respond in kind to the people of Nazareth because what makes him such a scandal to them 
is the very thing that's going to save them. When they're offended by Jesus, it's not because he's had some failure or moral lapse. There's been no shocking revelation, no hypocrisy uncovered, no sin committed. Jesus has done nothing wrong. The only scandal, their only accusation, is that he's just like them. It turns out that people are generally pretty comfortable with Jesus as long as he stays at a distance, as long as he's someone who's otherworldly, and as long as he remains somewhat unknowable, as long as he doesn't really know what's going on in our hearts. But when you're the people of Nazareth, Jesus is uncomfortably close to you. He is far from otherworldly. They know all about him. And he knows them all too well. When Jesus works his way into our lives, we're very much like the people of Nazareth. Jesus doesn't stay at a distance. He doesn't remain otherworldly or unknowable. He comes uncomfortably close. When Jesus works his way into our lives, he works his way toward our hearts, toward the very last place we'd want someone like him to go, the place we've carefully stowed all of our failures, all of our moral lapses, all of our hypocrisy, and all of our sin. Jesus draws so near to us and knows us so well and became so like us in his humanity that he can save every last bit of us. When God became a man, he opened himself to our contempt precisely so that he could save us from it. And so when Jesus suffers contempt, he doesn't react. He doesn't raise his defenses. He doesn't spout justifications. He doesn't argue. He carries on. He simply endures it. He remains vulnerable. He bears our contempt. And then finally, he gave himself over to those who were most scandalized by him because he came and became human precisely for that reason. To die for just those people who hate him and betray him and reject him. Jesus doesn't react to the people of Nazareth because the gospel was for them too just as it is for you and me. And the gospel doesn't work by reaction. It's not a response in kind. It's exactly the opposite. The gospel works on the heart. And it works on the heart by suffering and bearing contempt. The gospel works when Jesus draws uncomfortably close to us, when he goes to the very last place we'd want him to go, the place where we've carefully stowed of all of our failures and moral lapses and our hypocrisies and our sins, the gospel works when Jesus draws close enough to us to meet our contempt head on and when he forgives it without reservation. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.